Newtown is a special African-American community. With special people. Most of the early arrivals came to Sarasota looking to better their lives. An indomitable spirit emerged out of their struggle, and a strong faith ushered them through many challenges. The Newtown Alive Project recorded oral history interviews to preserve community history and pride. I'm Vicki Oldham. What is your name? Elder Willie Mays, Jr. Rosalie Thomas. And tell me, Elder Mays, who were your parents? Uh, my parents were Reverend Willie Mays, Sr. My mother's name was Agnes Mays. And how did they get to um, Sarasota? Did they Were they already here, born and reared in Sarasota, or did they come from someplace else, Mrs. Thomas? My mother came from Lake City, Lake City, Florida. And your dad? and my dad from a place called McIntosh, Florida. Do you know why they came here? I guess their parents brought them here at an early age. And where did they settle? Um, my father lived in Ellington. Back he were a member of the Ellington Church, Mount Raymond Church there. And um, they moved to Fruitville, and there was a small church out there. We went to school. In the, the church house that were there, the church were, were a little school. On the, during the week, we had school there in the church, and on Sunday, we had church. <laughs> Worship service. We had a great time out there in this little town called Fruitville. Yeah, tell me more about Fruitville. Well, it was a place of about 40 or 50 people. Black people? Black people, and it was a little section quarters. In the section quarters, they only had one pump to supply all of the people that were there. And uh, we used that one pump, as I said, to supply all of the neighbors. With water? With water. Sometimes that pump would, would lose its prime, and we had to have water in our homes to reprime that pump with to supply waters again. Once you went back to the pump, if it had lost its prime, we would have to reprime it. So uh, that wow. was very, very much experience to me when I was a boy, I was only a boy, about nine or 10 years old. We had to carry our water approximately a quarter of a mile, you know, from that pump. What streets um, were those in Fruitville uh, now? Do you remember them? Where your family lived? A little dirt road. It wasn't a paved road at all. I can't remember the name of that street, but it was a, a little, and I remember the dirt street because it would burn our feet when we walked down the streets. I, uh, me and my buddies, my, my friends, we would go barefoot sometime and and we, it, the sand would burn our feet. So ah. that was very interesting. Who was the uh, teacher uh, who taught at that school inside the church? Her name was, uh, the first teacher was Miss Washington. I don't know her last, her first name, but I'll... And uh, there was a second teacher? 
there was a second teacher, and her name was Elthamese Cummings. Uh, as I told you, it was James Cummings' uh, sister, and Mrs. Cummings. Miss Cummings was a, a nice lady who worked uh, downtown at a baker shop, and that's where I met her at. And I was working in a baker shop myself. What did the people do uh, for work out there in Fruitville? Oh, they worked on the farm, the Sarah farm. The Sarah farm was very popular back in those days. As a boy, I would cut Sarah. We had what you call a, a long knife, and we would stroke the Sarah as we go along. Some of the guys could carry two rows at a time, but I was so small I would carry one. One rope, but I would cut that sari, you know. And the ladies, they had ladies coming behind us, stripping the sari. They call it stripping sari, the dead leaves. Do you remember that um, at all? No, no, she, that was before. Miss Rosa came later. That was before her time, <laughs> right. You know, how long did you all stay um, out there in Fruitville? Well, it wasn't too long. My parents probably had been out there longer than I can remember. But I do remember us leaving there at 11 years old. What what year was that approximately? Do you remember? She well, said 1945. Yeah, <laughs> what did she 1945 say? 1945 or 44. Where did you move to? Newtown. Tell me about Newtown in those days. Well, Newtown was pretty popular in those days. Um, we had some ball players, good ball players. Who? Uh, like Hugh Yancey and uh, Deacon Hughes. He was a good ball player. Did you go to some of the games? Well, I went out and looked. You know, I looked from a distance, but I, I was so young, I just rode out with, with some of my relatives. Where did y'all go to, hear, to see them, you know, from a distance? Same place, recreation. Same place now where the recreation is. Is that right? That's Robert right. Taylor. Robert Taylor. It didn't look the, the same, though. No, it, it's been a great change. Great change. What did it look like uh, when they were playing out there? The well, it looked like a baseball team. And, uh, As field. I understand it, it was a wooden structure. An old wooden structure. Well, it was a wooden structure, but it really didn't look bad. It wasn't a bad-looking place. To my regulations, it was almost as good as it is now. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. To my okay. being a child. I mean, yes. Know. Where did you go to school? Booker. Tell me about your um, school well, days. Well, I, 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 didn't, I, didn't I didn't go to Booker long because I had to get out of school. My father had to take me out of school to go to work at 14 years old. I had to come out of school. To help the family? To help the family. See, back in those days, the, the young boys had to quit school and go to work. But, you know, I said by the help of God, I was blessed to get a good job in a baker shop. And I worked in that baker shop until I was grown, until I was uh, married. What did you do in the shop? I just watched pots. And I uh, baked donuts, you know, I fried the donuts. I, you know, it's a long story about the donuts, how you do it. I, I did not mix the donuts, but I fried them. We put them on a platter and dipped them down in the grease when they're all, you know, ready. And we take them up. And um, that's what we did. That's what, that was my job. And otherwise, I washed the pots for the bakers. 
and I washed the pan for the bakers. And when I quit, when I quit that job, they gave me a recommendation, a very good recommendation. And that's what uh, caused me to be able to get other good jobs because I would show them that recommendation from the baker shop. How many other jobs did you have? Because you started a business, a very successful business. Well, I'm coming business. to that. Okay. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a story. Bank, it's a long story. Probably can't tell it all, you know. Well, tell us the short version. But the short version is from the baker shop to Terrazzo. I started in Terrazzo. Can't even think of the Terrazzo company. But it was on 17th Street. Interstate. No, it wasn't interstate. <laughs> <laughs> Your sister said it wasn't interstate. No. Um, interstate was later on, but okay. there was a company on 17th Street, and I, I can't even remember the company. It's been so long. But I worked there for about a couple of months, and I was gone. The work was so hard. I just decided I would walk off. And uh, I started working with uh, interstate. Interstate Terrazzo. That's where I began doing concrete. They did Terrazzo floors and they did um, concrete altogether. So that's how I uh, got into the concrete businesses by learning to do concrete at Interstate Terrazzo. Then I went in business for myself. That is, and that's a wonderful story because you've been in business for about what forty years. You've had the company longer now. How long have you had that company? That. And what's the name of the company? Probably about 45 years now. But my son is, is um, over the business now. And his name is Lee. Lee Mays. He's doing a good job. And uh, I trained him of what I knew. And he's just like I am. He's one of the best. So tell me your recollections of growing up in Newtown with that business. Where it was located on MLK? Well, Where was it located? Well, in my home on Mango. Oh, okay. It was on Mango Avenue, uh, 24. You lived in Newtown for a while and then moved to someplace else. Now, did no, you tell me? No, we moved from uh, Fruitville to... Mango? I think it wasn't. I, the reason I'm hesitating is because where we moved, it wasn't a street. Okay. Mango wasn't even there. I we see. We moved to a place where there were nothing but palmettos. Palmetto, they were the big ones, and they were high. Do you remember when the, the city dump was in that area? Yes. Is that, was that around the time? That's right. The city dump the used city to be dump was where? Right across the railroad. And, uh, Describe that area, the, the street. Well, it's right next, next to the railroad track. If you leave Mango, soon as you cross the railroad, it was in that corner. In the right near the... existing corner. How close was it to the um, African-American community? Very close. You know what 301 is now? It's between 301 and the railroad track. Mm-hmm. So that was very close. That dump didn't bother, didn't bother you? The smoke, yeah. The smoke? Yes, it did. Fumes. It, it bothered us for years. Well, we stayed in the house most of the time to, you know, to escape that smoke. And someone told me about those white birds that used to hover over that. Right, right. The birds were very, very many. There were many birds, white birds out there. 
they would get the leftovers, you know, mm-hmm. those old leftover food. Tell but, me uh, more about um, the kind of place that you remember Newtown was, with Mrs. Thomas. Well, I want to go back to where they moved from Fruitville. Uh, I was told this because I was two years old at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, my dad and some other people helped to dig a pathway from 33rd Street. That's what Martin Luther King was at that time. It was 33rd, right? Yeah. And they dug that so that they could make a pathway to the house. And later they kept digging and it became a street. And the city dump. Well, one thing I would like to say about it is uh, it was in Newtown, like you said, between the railroad tracks and 301. And all of the people that lived on Mango Avenue, most of them died. And also Leonard Reed, those streets. I have names of all of the people that passed away. Couples, husbands and wives and things. You think it was as a result of the fumes? Oh, yeah, inhaled, yeah. Because mm. we lived quite close to the railroad track. It's called now Humphreys Subdivision. So we had, we inhaled it, and we had walked past there as kids, and we went to Booker High School. So we could smell the fumes and all, and see all of the birds flying and things like that. And, but they did a lot of burying things in the ground, so that ground, I believe, even now is very contaminated. Your family um, started... The church out in Fruitville, mm-hmm. it moved with you when your family moved? Well, not exactly. There was other people out there. My father and mother and a few more people established the New Zion Primitive Baptist Church. And another preacher, he was a moderator. His name was Reverend Rice. He helped establish the church. It's been standing now for 78 years, 78 years. And you're the pastor now. I'm the pastor now. And we're having our 78th anniversary Sunday. People from Newtown are drawn to your church? People who live some, in Newtown? right, some people. And I even have people from St. Petersburg, Bradenton. They come to, to our church. We're doing pretty good, pretty good. You attended Booker, some of your happiest moments at Booker as students? Well, uh, I, I really didn't go to school long at Booker. That's right. Right. I, like I told you, I had to drop out. And work. And go to work. And you went to the bakery. Right. Let me turn to your sister then and ask mm-hmm. her what was her happiest memory. Okay. My happiest memory was when uh, I was in 10th grade and the students nominated me to be one of Mrs. Booker High attendants. So I have that picture. And uh-huh. um, the Mrs. Booker, Miss Booker, was in 12th grade. And during that time, it was Willie Mae Blake, who is now Willie Mae Sheffield. She was the ninth grade attendant. I was the 10th grade attendant. And we rode on the float, and that was a very memorable time. And I did graduate from Booker High School in 19. 19- 61. And uh, the float, was the float, uh, did it come down Main Street or? Not Main Street. Martin Luther King, I mean, 33rd. Mm-hmm. And it was like a truck where they, I've got a picture of it, where they decorated it, and that was in 1959. What parade did it uh, 
was Booker it High School, the band would march and the float came down behind. And we would go on the field, football field. During uh, homecoming, homecoming, maybe. Game. Yes. Okay. And we rode around the football field just waving to the people, and it was very exciting. What about your teachers? Who were they? Oh, uh, well, Dorothy Smith was my fourth grade teacher. Professor Roland Rogers was our principal at that time. I had Mrs. Prevail Bobber. Those are two of my teachers that still around now. Uh, Mrs. Rogers, she was my second grade teacher. Mrs. Wiggins, my third grade teacher. Dorothy Smith, my fourth grade teacher. And then my fifth grade teacher was Mrs. Prevail Bobber. Sixth grade was uh, Martina Riley. And then we went on to seventh grade. That's where we started having uh, homeroom teachers. So Mr. Johnny Daly was my homeroom teacher from then on until the time I graduated. Wow. You remember these people? Yes. Do you remember playing? What kind of games you played? Yeah, we went outside for recess and we played mm. kickball and things like that, chasing each other, just like a typical kid would do. Did you have to bring lunches to school? We had to bring lunches, but we did have a lunchroom and they served little cartons of milk. Do you remember what was in your lunch box? It was not a box. It was a little plate. We went through a line. Oh, you did go to the cafeteria. You didn't bring your lunch to school. Uh, Sometimes we did. What did your mom pack? Peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to drink. We had water from the school. Okay. And the lunchroom, they did give us a balanced diet with vegetables. How would you describe your your childhood? My childhood was very exciting because we... Loved to play outside. We played games like hopscotch because we had dirt roads back there. And we drew the blocks that we'd jump in there and we'd play kickball and things like that. And I was telling about my first, we did not have a television for many, many years growing up. And I remember there was one family in the neighborhood that had a TV. And all of the kids heard about some people were on, they could see some people on this little box. So we all peeped through the window to try to see that TV. They wouldn't let us in, but we looked. Miss Christine was her name. And she was the only one in the neighborhood that had a TV. So in later years, we got one. And I remember <laughs> I was so amazed at the radio when we got a radio. We had a radio that was kind of tall and oval-shaped. Mm-hmm. It looked like a floor Piccolo, I guess they call it. And I wanted to see where those people were in that radio. And one day I got behind it and I pulled it apart. I said, they've got to be in here somewhere. I put my hand on top of the radio. I could feel the vibration. But I said, but where are I? I knew, I knew, nothing, knew nothing about transformers and things like that. So I just, and nobody explained to me. Why those voices came through that radio and the music and all. That's funny, Mrs. Thomas. It is. It really, don't put that on. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Thomas, Reverend Mays, your vision for, for Newtown. What needs to change in Newtown and how will we make those changes happen? Well, the change I would like to see is that we get some of the young people off of the streets and get them into more facilities where they can have games and things. There's too many kids hanging 
on the streets there, and they have grown far from church. So I would love to see parents teaching and instilling in their children the importance of going to church and all, and how they don't need to carry guns. That's frightening because you carry a gun and the bullet wins every time. So we could get them off the streets into some kind of activities, more activities. So I'm glad to see the park, uh, Martin Luther King Park that we have there. Sometimes they just lounge around there, but it's not really many places they can go in Newtown. When we were young, we always went to Humphrey's uh, drugstore, and we would just go in there and stand up and Mm. put a nickel in the piccolo and listen to the music and things like that. And we didn't have the violence that we have now. Everybody seemed to get along. We could leave our windows open. Didn't have to worry about any break-ins and things like that. But times have changed. What about Generations you? Generations have changed. What about you, Reverend well, Mays? What no, changes a, would you like to see? That's a change that I would love to see. The young people begin to get better. But the only way this will happen, we got to go back to the Bible. The Bible is a charity begins at home and spreads abroad. So it's going to have to start with the parents for our young men to come back to where we were when we were kids. We had a joyful time when we were coming up. Although you didn't have very much. Right. But we went up on the corner and I talked with my buddies. We we had uh, friendly conversations. We talked for hours, and we went on back home. And we never knew anything about pulling a gun, you know. But it came from our parents. My mother taught me to stay out of trouble and out of bad company. She taught me those those things, and she's sleeping on a grave today. And I thank her. I thank her now, right now, for teaching me what she did. They taught us a lot of life lessons. One thing we did in our house, right there uh, that was on Mango Avenue. Every Sunday morning, everybody had to come to the living room. He was out in Merritt by that time. But we all came, and we all had to kneel down and pray. And we never sat to the table uh, and not said the grace. Daddy always blessed the food for us, so we learned how to pray. And he said, in all things, we need to give thanks. And my my mom, she made all of our clothing that we wore. She made our slips. They used to have the 50-pound bags of uh, flour. Mm -hmm. And when the bag was empty, she would take the floral material and she would cut out a newspaper pattern of little panties and slips. And those were the kind of things we wore to school. We didn't know anything about satin and all like that, but the flowered materials and all. And uh, my mom loved to read the newspaper. She would read it from cover to cover. And she was really up on politics. And (laughs) they were both uh, in the Democratic Party. And she would always tell us, she said, if you (laughs) have a Republican in the chair, she said, you're going to have one chicken in the pot and one car in the garage. But if you get a Democrat, you're going to have two chickens in the pot. And two cars in the garage. And my dad, he was real humorous. He said, I'm always going to have me a car and a chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But he really taught us a lot of of things. He taught us uh, things like uh, 
don't talk so much. Hold your peace. We are very quiet people. And he taught us to speak when we were spoken to, and that uh, uh, a fool utters all of his heart. He tells everything he knows, and he says it's good to keep some things to himself. And one lesson he taught us to see and don't see, to hear and don't hear, and to know and don't know. And I couldn't understand that as a child. I said, how does he expect us to not see when we do see, and to not hear when we do hear, and to not know when we do know? So as I got uh, older, I learned that, you know, one time there was something going on in the neighborhood, and the police came on the street there, and it was a man chasing his wife with the butcher knife. And she went and hid in one of the houses, and the man came down the street, and he said, I want to know where she is. And the kid said, she went that way, you know, pointed out where she went. So, the wrong, did they point in the right direction or the wrong yeah, direction? Yeah, they pointed in the right direction, but the police was there by that time. But then I learned from that that I did see it, but I didn't see it, things like that. So, Thank you very much. Funding for this program was provided through a grant from the Division of Historical Resources at the Florida Department of State. Visit NewtownAlive.org for more information on this episode and other projects.